You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. This is Charles Rodas, your host. So glad you joined me today and uh, lending me your ear. And I'm going to talk into it, the word of the Lord. I'm going to talk to you about, as you've seen the title, uh, Show Us the Father. Well, I'm just going to give you a nice, simple, easy breakdown. Well, you know, the subject of the Godhead is so complex, so elaborate. But uh, the Lord has revealed himself, Jesus, even in the days uh, and writings, as we see of the Gospels, he revealed himself as the Father. Now, so many can't see it. The Jews of the day could not see it. And many Christians today, many believers, people that love God, will argue the point they clearly don't have a revelation. i uh, tell you a quick story here. Just come to me, but it's worth telling. My uh, my wife's dad uh, was one to the Lord by uh, my wife's mother when she they were young, uh, you know, young adults. Uh, he was a Baptist preacher, and she was apostolic oneness, Jesus' name, and she began to witness to this young man in her age bracket and uh in their early early 20s i believe whatever it was and uh they would discuss the trinity and the oneness of god and she witnessed him and witnessed him and witnessed to him and uh, he just couldn't get it he couldn't get it he couldn't see it he tried he couldn't see it and he would tell her i can't see it i just don't see it i see three i don't see one but one night in the middle of the night some point he woke up and there was a heavenly figure, as he told it, a heavenly figure that stood by his bed, that stood at the end of his bed and stood there and he held up one finger. <laughs> he held up one finger and said, I am one. And that that figure, that the Lord Jesus Christ just disappeared, just dis- disappeared right then and there. But instant revelation, when he saw the scripture from that point on, he could see the one God in Jesus Christ. He could see the oneness of God clearly after that visitation. Amen. After that angelic experience, whatever that was exactly, holding up his one finger and saying, I am one. Powerful true story there of my uh, late father-in-law and uh, my mother-in-law witnessing to him before they were married. Well, anyway, and he became, of course, um, um, became a pastor in time and, uh, and pastored a number of churches, etc., etc. But let's go to St. John 14. As you might have guessed, if you know the subject very well, you probably know I'm going to go here. John 14 and verse 7. I'm going to skip around to a few passages and uh, see if we can bless you tonight with the word of the Lord. John 14 and 7. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. 
and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Boy, those last four words right there, um, that just changed the whole tune of the statement. Now, it's revelatory, but when he said those last four words, see, you can kind of get by with maybe with an argument without those words. But when he said, you've not only known him, you have seen him. You're looking at the Father. Let's read it again. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him. You know the Father. From this time forward, you know the Father and have seen him. Jesus was declaring to be the Father. Of course, we could branch out into all kinds of scriptures here, you know, claiming to be God and and all these different things. I'm not going to take the time to do that in this podcast, but, you know, we'll touch on those things, no doubt, in the future. And, um, but anyway, wanted to share this with you. Then Philip, verse 8, saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father. Philip, don't get it. Philip, just still don't get it, like many of us, before we first saw it. You know, some of us came to God, and many of you may be listening, and uh, before you came, begin to hear the truths of God, just like taught by the Jews today. The Jews do not believe in three persons of God. The Jewish people do not believe that uh, the Father, separate Son, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are separate persons. The Jews don't believe that. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, Deuteronomy 6, 4. That's what they believe. They don't believe in persons, plural, of God. They believe the Lord is one. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Okay, back to verse 8. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Lord, show us the Father. It'll be sufficient for us. If you show us, you know, everything's going to be all right. If you show us, Lord, yeah, if you show us, okay, we're not looking for anybody else, but if you show us, it'll be sufficient. That's enough. That's enough. If you show us, <laughs> and that's what Philip said to Jesus, show us the Father. And look at the revelation in verse 9. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Oh my, what revelation, huh? In these three verses, what revelation that he's giving here to his twelve apostles and specifically to Philip here he's communicating with. Let me read verse 9 again. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? Philip, I've been with you, you know, how many, you know, several years now, two or three years, whatever the timing was at this point. I've been with you, Philip. I've, you know, uh, we, we eat together virtually every day. We are, we do evangelistic campaigns. I teach you how to pray for the sick and cast out devils. And, you know, you hear me teach on the hillside. You hear me teach in the synagogue. You hear me teach, you know, in the temples. You hear me teach one-on-one and you, he- you, you hear and see me all the time, Philip. And have I been all this time with you, Philip, yet thou hast not known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. Now, they say that I look a lot like my dad, my 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 late dad. He's been gone now, uh, what is it, nine years? Boy, time is flying, flown by here. But they say that, you know, uh, tall, uh, of course, uh, built like my dad. And uh, so 
yeah, that's what they say. But you can't say that if you've seen, uh, you know, Charles Rodas, you've seen Harlan Rodas. My dad is Harlan. Yeah, if you've seen Charles Rodas, you've seen Harlan Rodas. Well, you can't really say that. I'm not that kind of a spitting image of my dad, of course. There's a, <laughs> got some, um, uh, my mother in me too, as far as looks. But he that has seen me has seen the father. Philip, he that has seen me has seen the father. Have I been all this time with you, Philip? And you don't know who I, you don't know who I am. You don't, is that what he said? And yet thou hast not known me. You, you have not known me. Have I been all this time, Philip? You don't know that I'm the father. Philip, I've been with you all this time. I've, I, again, I, I've taught, I've, I, I teach you all how to pray and, and, and do all the things that we do. And Philip, you still don't know who I am. You just think I'm just uh, some, you know, son of God only. Jesus was the son of God, according to the flesh. I believe that says that in Romans chapter one, maybe verse two and three, somewhere in there, you can look that up. He's the son, a son of God, according to the flesh, but he was God according to the spirit. He was the father according to the spirit. So he was the son according to the flesh. He is the father according to the spirit. Have I been so long time with you? Have I spent all this time? And yet you don't know who I am, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the father. Now we have to be careful in scripture. You know that we can't just take one passage, can we? Now this is very clear. Now I'm not saying we can't take one passage. I think this is extremely clear, extremely clear. But the beautiful thing is we've got you know, hundreds of scriptures throughout the Old and the New Testament. Now, right now, I have a book of mine open that I, I put together in 2020 uh, that I, I have available on Amazon, and I have it available on my website, charlesarotis.com. And it's called God is One. It's a topical Bible. And it's has hundreds of scriptures in here on the subject of the oneness of God, the subject of the Godhead. That's all that's here. I don't have, there's no personal notes, but I left space between the passages, plenty of space for you to write your own personal notes. So I have my paperback copy. I'm actually, I was adding notes here a little while ago as I was preparing for this podcast, because why I put this together for people like you that want to study and keep all their notes together. Well, I have it in this binder. I have my notes over there. I have some maybe in Word on my laptop, my computer, you know, and I have my notes spread out in all these places over the years. And that's what I've always done. So I decided back in 2020, I'm going to put together a tool and I'm not here to promote the tool. That was not my intention, but let me just mention it to you because it will be a blessing to you because you can go to Amazon or you can go to my website and take a look at it. There's no comments of comment about the scriptures, but all you're reading throughout the, it's set up just like a Bible. It's a topical Bible. And right now I'm, I'm, I've got John chapter 14 open. I've got notes to the side and that's what I have it for. It's a great resource tool to keep all your Godhead notes when you're studying in one place. Just put, write it in the margins, write it in between the passages. Like I said, I purposefully left plenty of space for you in your note taking, but let's go back to the scripture. All right. So I do want to mention in Malachi chapter two, verse 10, the scripture says there's one father. 
And then John, if we backed up to John 8:41, we won't read it. You can read it, but it says there's one father. So we have two places, and I think you agree with that. We have one father. There's not two fathers, three fathers, but here is where the Lord our God is one, and he is the father of all creation. God is the father. All right. So, but Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And you're telling me to show you who the father is. I, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. All right. If you've seen the father, okay. You're looking at the father when you're looking at me, when they were looking at the baby in the manger, when Mary gave birth in Bethlehem, in Matthew chapter one, they were looking in the face of the father, God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, 16. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was nailed. His hands, his feet was nailed to a cross. He was beat to a pulp. They had beat him with the dreaded flagellon. He was bleeding from head to toe. Uh, Face was swollen from the beating. Blood, no doubt, coming out of his mouth and his nose and who knows what was going on there, but just severe punishment and beating. When they looked up at Jesus and heard his last words in the flesh, they were looking in the face of the Father manifest in the flesh. That's right. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, 16. All right, so we've got this passage here we've been looking at in John 14. Let's back up a little bit. Let's go to uh, St. John 8. All right, St. John 8. All right, we're going to go to John 8, and then after that we have another passage. But I want you to hang on here for an important message. I'll be right back. Praise the Lord. If you want to enhance your altar working ability, anointing, and passion, I would recommend taking a look at my book called How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost. The subtitle is An In-Depth Guide for Altar Workers. Hello, this is Charles Rodas. Yes, this book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, can be found on Amazon. And I'm going to read you a couple quick testimonies. Joey says, a life-changing knowledge. I've never seen a book on altar working yet and was excited to get my hands on this. I'm absolutely thrilled with all the information and revelations stored within. My own faith has been built in reading this, and I'm excited to put this into action and see the great results God will give through faith in his promise. Crunch says, a foundation book for altar workers, combined with experience and scriptures, a lesson in proper handling of people who is seeking the Holy Ghost. I'm reading this with an open mind and wasn't disappointed by Brother Rodas' instructions and passion for the lost. I would highly recommend it the book for teaching new ministry. Well, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon right now and get this book. And um, I have put more than four decades of study and practice into this book. This book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, is really a totality of my notes that I have taken and put in book form for your convenience. Go to Amazon now and be blessed.
All right, we're back into the word of the Lord. We're going to go to John chapter 8. Now, we've been talking about the Father. We've been talking about God manifest in the flesh. We've been talking about Jesus' claim to Philip to be the Father. He didn't say to Philip, well, Philip, you know, uh, I'm the second person. I'm not the Father. I'm just the Son. He didn't say that. But he's the father according to the spirit. He's the son according to the flesh. I've gave you scripture for that. So let's go on to John chapter 8. We're going to take a look at starting at verse 19. All right. Then said they unto him, where is thy father? Now understand who's talking to Jesus. Now it's not the disciples. It's the Jews. Those religious Pharisees, where is thy father? They said, Jesus answered, ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, you should have known my father also. You've got to understand here, get this right here. This is what I'm going to say to you right now. It's vital that you understand who were the Jews seeking for, for hundreds of years, thousands of years. They've always sought the Father. They do not believe that the Messiah has come. They do not believe that the Savior has come. They did not believe it in that day, and they still don't believe it today. All right? So they were trying to pin Jesus down and maybe trying to turn him into a liar, trying to trick him and prove that he was lying where he was not, and trying to trick up, where is thy Father? Jesus answered, ye neither know me nor my father. Okay, who is Jesus? He's the son according to the flesh. We're talking about a dual nature, the dual nature of Christ. Okay, the spirit nature and the flesh nature. The spirit nature was the nature of the father, God Almighty. The flesh nature was the nature of the son of God. He was born and he died. All right, so guess what? If you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, you also have a dual nature because you have the spirit nature of Almighty God, the Father, inside of you. And also you have the flesh nature because that's why you're tempted. All right. But you have the, temp nature, the, the, the tempting nature, that flesh nature that you were born with. So you also have a dual nature since you've been born of the spirit. Okay, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So let's go back to John 8 and 19. Where is thy father? The Jews said unto him, Jesus answering, you need to know me, nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. You should have known my father also. So we understand right now, we're going to go down, okay, in, in uh, verse 24. But Jesus was making a point here. Uh, that they were seeking the Father. He knew that they were seeking the Father. And yes, it's true. The Jews always sought the Father. But look, look what happens. He, he reveals their hearts. Uh, I said, therefore, unto you, verse 24, that you shall die in your sins if you believe not that I am he. Uh-huh. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Let me read that verse again, 24. I said, therefore, unto you, he's talking to the Jews, the religious people of the day, those Pharisees from the synagogue, that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. He said it to him twice. Ye shall die in your sins. Why were they going to die in their sins? He made it very clear in verse 24. 
still applies today uh, on the day of this podcast and going forward. That's right. It, it's, it's still the truth today. If you believe not that Jesus is the Father, you shall die in your sins. Verse 19, they said, where is thy father? If you had known me, you should have known my father also. Okay. For if you believe not that I am he, I am he, you shall die in your sins. Well, you might argue with me, say, well, I don't really think that he was, you know, talking about the father. I think that they were, you know, talking about the son there or, you know, maybe something else. Well, look at verse 27. It verifies everything I said. Verse 27, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. They, those Jewish, those religious Pharisees, did not want to accept that Jesus was the Father, God, manifest in the flesh. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. That's who he was talking about. Verse 24, for if you believe not that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. 27, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Is, is it important to believe that Jesus is the Father? Listen, my friend, it's more than just important to believe that Jesus is the Father. Now, if, if you don't have a revelation of this, or maybe this is the first time you've heard about it or heard this teaching, sure, I understand. Uh, that's why we do these podcasts, and that's why there's a lot of teaching on this, and there's a lot of misteaching on what we believe as oneness apostolics. Oh my, you can find you can find a lot of misteachings out there and people saying that we believe things that we don't believe. All right. Do we believe there's a Father, a Son, and Holy Ghost? Absolutely. You know, these three are one. It says in First John, these three manifestations are one, not three persons. See, I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. Okay. But father's not my name. Son and husband are not my names. I have one name. Charles Allen Rodas is my name. Okay, Charles Allen, well, that was given to me. But Rodas, I was born with that name. I was born with that name. I inherited this name, Rodas, from my natural father. I inherited this name. Now, let's just hold on to John 8, and I think it's in Hebrews 1. Let's see if we can find it real quick. Just just thought, boy, I get on this subject. You know how we do. Our brains just, we're scrambling for all of this. Hebrews 1, yes. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Verse 4, Hebrews 1 and 4. Where did I say I personally, me? Uh, where did I inherit my name from? My dad, my father, I Rodas, because he was a Rodas. So that makes me a Rodas. Where did Jesus get his name from? Hebrews 1, 4, being so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus obtained his name by inheritance. Where did Jesus inherit his name from? Of course, his father. So the father's name is Jesus. In the Old Testament, they called him Jehovah. But now we have God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, 16. All right, this is a very deep subject. We're just touching on it today for just a little bit. So let's go on here and act our St. John chapter 8. Okay, back to verse 24. I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. 
For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. He who? He the Father. How do we know? Verse 27, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's, let's go to another passage here. And we're going to try to tie this up here in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. All right, I'm going to read uh, verse 6. Maybe you can quote that. Maybe you can quote that. And, and make sure you leave a comment here. You can leave a comment. If you love this subject, be sure to give us five stars and subscribe to our podcast so that you'll be notified every time we do a give a new upload, a, a new podcast, you'll be notified shortly thereafter. So be sure to subscribe and give us five stars. We greatly, greatly appreciate that along with also posting it on your social media. Oh, please, that would help us a lot. Let people know about everything apostolic. All right, Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. Who's that? that? That was Jesus when he was born, right? Born of a virgin, Mary. Unto us a son is given, a given to die on the cross. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, his name, his name. Somebody say his name. That's right, his name. Not his names, plural. His name shall be called Wonderful. Oh, I think I'm just going to underline that in my book, God is One. His name shall be called Wonderful. I'm going to underline the word Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, there's Revelation all tied up into this passage. Boy, you could talk on this <clears throat> for a long time. So who's the scripture talking about? Talking about the child that was born, which is Jesus. Talking about the son that was given to down the, on the cross. The son is the flesh. See, God, God, the spirit, the spirit of God did not die. But that flesh was born and that flesh died. That's why we call him the son of God. So yes, he was the son according to the flesh, Romans 1 and 3. But he is this, he is the Father according to the Spirit. Now, how do we know? Let's look at the passage again. All right, the child and the son. All right, the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name. What's his name? Jesus. Did you know that the word Jesus is not in your Old Testament? Did you know that? It's not in your Old Testament. Did you know that in our, new, in our King James Version Bible, did you know that the word Jehovah is not in your New Testament? Why? Because the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. That's right. He is the same one. He just changed names because Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. That's right. When you look up the word Jesus, it's important to know this. If you don't know, this is revelatory. This name is revelatory. The word Jesus means Jehovah has become our salvation. So who is Jesus? He's Jehovah that died on the cross. He's Jehovah that became our salvation by taking on our sins, dying on the cross, and raising himself again, as he said he would the third day. All right? His name shall be called. That one name, Jesus, not names, not titles, but his name shall be called Wonderful. It doesn't say his name is Wonderful, but it doesn't even reveal his name here. But whatever his name is, get it, get this right here. This is important. Whatever his name is, it doesn't tell us here. It's not revealed until Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, by the angel. The angel said, thou shalt call his name 
Jesus. And his name shall be called Wonderful. The name Jesus is Wonderful. Counselor. The name Jesus is Counselor. The name Jesus, the mighty God. Oh, yes. The name Jesus identifies him as being the mighty God. What kind of a what kind of a God? The mighty God. One of three gods? No. A part of God? No. A third of God? No. A weak God? No. Who is Jesus? He's the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. Also says here that his name shall be called the everlasting father. <clears throat> oh man, I love that. The everlasting father. What kind of father is Jesus? Is he a father of three? Is he one third the father? Is he part the father? Is he like the father junior? You know, like a junior father? No, my friend, he's the everlasting father. What kind of father? Or, or how long will Jesus be the father? Until until he comes back? No, he's the everlasting father. He's the father forever. He's the father for e eternity. He always will be the father. He always was the father because he's everlasting. There's no beginning. There's no ending to him being the father. He always was the father. And God, the father, was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3, 16. So who is Jesus? He's, he's wonderful. Jesus is the counselor. Jesus is the mighty God. Jesus is the everlasting father. Jesus is the prince of peace. When you need peace, where are you going to go to? You're going to go to Jesus. When you need peace of mind, peace in your trouble, in your stress, in your anxiety, where are you going to go? Jesus is the prince of peace. He supplies the peace. He has all the peace that we need. So what are we talking about today? Jesus is the Father. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And so I'm, I'm, I'm capitalizing on that question today. And I'm taking some passages here in other passages in John and here in Isaiah. Who is Jesus? He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. So when you hear the name Jesus, you've got to get this. His name identifies him as being the mighty God the everlasting father. What does his name do? The name Jesus identify. You automatically think Jesus, you should think the everlasting father. When you think Jesus, you should think the mighty God. When you think Jesus, you should think the prince of peace. <clears throat> now there's many out there that don't believe that Jesus is the father. They don't believe Jesus is the mighty God, as I've just explained it, but they will believe that Jesus is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they'll argue that point. Oh, they believe that Jesus is the counselor and they'll skip the, the next two and then they'll go, oh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But they don't believe that Jesus is the mighty God. They don't believe that he's the mighty God of Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I've got news for you. In St. John 1 and 10, the scripture says he was in the world and the world was made by him. That's the same God in Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then in John 1 and 10, he was in the world, Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not because he was the father manifest in the flesh. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, my time is up, my friend. I thank you so much. I hope you were blessed by the podcast today. 
encouraged and strengthened in this great doctrine, this great teaching of the oneness of God. It is very deep and very wide, as we know, and uh, hundreds and hundreds, no, maybe thousands of scriptures. But I do want to say about God as one, the topical Bible that I put together in 2020, it is the most comprehensive list of Godhead scriptures you will find anywhere. It is, I say it confidently because I searched. I could not find anything as comprehensive. Go to Amazon and take a look at it. You can thumb through it and take a look at it. It would be a great resource to your library when you're studying on the Godhead as I was today. I loved using it and uh, reading from it. So anyway, bless you, my friend. Share this podcast. Thank you again for listening to Everything Apostolic. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name. If you haven't heard about my book on fasting, it is titled Fasting Secrets Revealed. This is Brother Rodas. Uh, here are a few of many exciting testimonies about my book. Uh, w. Garden says, I've read numerous books on fasting and this one is probably the best. Stephanie B. writes, excellent read and I've read a lot of books on fasting. It was fresh content that really is inspiring. F.C. Warren writes, the last six or seven months I've read probably eight or nine books on fasting. This book is probably one of my favorites on the subject because I feel a spirit of faith and revelation at work in this book. Simple but powerful. This book will ignite a fire in you for fasting. And one more uh, by Vivian F. I purchased this book on fasting and it's the best book I've ever read on the subject. Now, Fasting Secrets Revealed was ranked number one in Amazon Bible study. Fasting Secrets Revealed is, was featured in IBC Perspectives magazine. And Fasting Secrets Revealed is one of the most mentioned books in Apostolic Review in 2020. Now, you can get Fasting Secrets Reveal, uh, Revealed on Amazon or my website. Save a little money on my website, which is www.charlesarodis.com. <laughs>